Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. On Red Raider Sports Radio. Well, see you later. And now, here's Will. Great cash, homie. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast, brought to you for the very first time by our friends uh, Hypnotic Donuts in the Hypnotic Donuts studio. And, uh, as I said, that's right, donuts, specifically Hypnotic Donuts, as we brought on uh, Hypnotic Donuts as our newest sponsor and, and couldn't be more happy to bring on such you know, an, an awesome business. And, and if you don't really know, uh, Hypnotic Donuts located in, in DFW, both uh, Dallas and Denton, uh, run by some Red Raiders, specifically my man uh, James St. Peter. And they've been going strong now for a little bit more than half a decade. I think they're coming up on seven years here. And... Uh, like I said, I, I love bringing on guys like this as, as a sponsor because, one, obviously, they're Red Raiders. They're guys that, you know, love Texas Tech and specifically are, you know, supporting Red Raider sports and, and can't tell you how much I appreciate that. But uh, got a little soft spot in my heart for guys like this who, uh, you know, start out as a mom-and-pop shop and uh, really from one man's dream. And as a dreamer, you know, myself, I, I get a lot out of seeing guys like James succeed. So I uh, so amped to have these guys on and uh, supporting us and, uh, being a part of what we're doing. So, like I said, if you're in DFW, go treat yourself to some McDonald's Donuts, whether that be a donut, a chicken biscuit, a regular biscuit, uh, whatever. Uh, if you don't live in DFW, you know, it kind of sucks for you. But uh, really, like I said, man, go check those guys out. The next time I'm in town, I think I'm going to try, uh, let's see here, what was it? Canadian Healthcare. Uh, I'm a, I'm a uh, sweet and salty man, so uh, it's a long john, maple icing syrup, and a strip of bacon. That right there is uh, the good stuff for me. So, once again, guys, like I said, excited to bring them on as as our, our as our newest sponsor. And uh, if you don't know anything about Hypnotic Donuts, check them out at www.hypnoticdonuts.com or Instagram at Hypnotic Donuts. I know they've got some uh, some cool stuff going on right now. So so check those guys out and, and support them because, like I said, they're local Red Raiders running a mom and pop, and uh, a big deal to me that that, that they were willing to uh, you know sponsor the podcast. That being said, uh, hope you guys are you know having a great week here as uh, the Red Raiders get ready to head out to Kansas on Saturday for uh, their their second road trip of the year, first Big Twelve road trip of the year, and uh, been interesting, you know, seeing what the Jayhawks are because you know, admittedly, I'm the guy that was dumb enough to uh, think that this was the year that they turned the the big corner and and was sipping on the old uh, rock shot Kool-Aid over over in uh, this part of the world. But uh, obviously it hasn't turned out quite like that. I do, though, think they're a lot better on offense this year. Uh, I think Doug Meacham has done a really good job of making them a lot more dynamic on that side of the ball. I think specifically uh, their run game seems to be a lot better now, uh, which, which is a weird deal because for the first couple weeks of the year, they really didn't run it much at all, but then against uh, against West Virginia, they come out and they're in all this two-back pistol stuff, and I think they threw it once on the opening drive against West Virginia, and, and really just ran it down their throat, so don't know if that's a specific thing where what they saw against West Virginia on film, they thought they'd have a major advantage, 
either way, or, or, or whether, you know, that they were just holding off or they, they tried to revamp some stuff and really wanted to make running the ball an emphasis, you know, a couple games into the season, but really thought that they got after West Virginia, which is, is a duh statement whenever you see that they ran for 367 yards in that game. So I, I think some of that has to do with that West Virginia seems like they're pretty bad when it comes to defending the run this year. They gave up over 250 to Virginia Tech in the, in the opener, and I don't think they've given up fewer than like 145 yet this year. So it's been, yeah, I think it's been a struggle for the Mountaineers, which I never thought I'd really see or never thought I'd really say that after what they've done defensively the last couple years. Really thought that Tony Gibson had got them rolling, and uh, just seems like they've kind of hit a wall here. Uh, you know, West Virginia's throwing the ball downfield a lot with Will Greer under center. But on the other side of the ball, it seems like they've taken a big step back defensively. All that to say, I think Kansas is a lot better on offense, but I don't really know what to take from the West Virginia game. So um, we'll find out here on Saturday, but I'm interested to see what kind of performance we get out of the Red Raiders and what their motivations are because I think after they lose that game to Oklahoma State last Saturday night, they're clearly, I think, talking to players and uh, what I've kind of gleaned from this week, I think there clearly was a high level of frustration with losing that game, a game in which I think they thought they should have won. And, and they had a very much had a chance to, had the ball with, you know, essentially five minutes left in the game and a chance to drive it down and win when it's tied 34-34 and just couldn't capitalize. I, I didn't think that, you know, I thought Cliff had good play calls on. I, I just don't think you, you executed it for, for whatever reason. I think... Obviously, the big third down where uh, Nick Shimanek and TJ Vasher aren't on the same page is, is a big part of that. But, uh, yeah, it, it just didn't didn't work out and wasn't in the cards. But, again, the thing that I've seen from this football team so far this year that's been such a, a pleasant surprise and the big thing that I've taken away is just how much energy and passion that they play with. Because I don't think that's really been the case as much here Last year specifically, I, th- I think there was a lot of times we could tell they mailed it in whenever things would go real south after after a tough loss. I mean, obviously the Iowa State game was was that way, and I think West Virginia, you wonder about that one too uh, as far as what that game was. But, but to me, this team just plays with a completely different level of energy and want to. And, and, and defensively, I really think that you're kind of seeing them play with a lot of fuel, the, the fire – has been, I guess, the fire to that fuel. Let's reverse this. Let's let's unjumble Will's words and get this right. The fuel to the fire for them and, and playing angry, I think, has just been all of, you know, obviously the negativity about the defense and how poorly they've played the last couple of years. I think they finally have enough guys personnel-wise to compete with, with the offenses they're going to face. And I think they finally play with enough energy that they really are going to keep you in most games, I, I, I suspect, this year. I just don't see of some big lopsided loss coming this year. Uh, I, I think certainly that game in Norman's going to be tough. I think TCU and Lubbock's going to be tough. I think even going to Morgantown, like I said, is going to be tough. But I, I, I just think this team is going to play really competitive football all year, at least from what I've seen so far. So I asked you know Mike Linebacker Jordan Brooks specifically about that earlier this week, and Got to talk to him about his thoughts on how the defense has performed through the first four games and wanted to just kind of pick his brain a little bit on where things are at. So I did just that and had that interview for you guys. So here it is, my interview with Jordan Brooks. Cool, Jordan. I guess uh, 
First man, you know, going back over over the tape, what you think about uh, OSU, just how you guys played overall as a defense, man? Uh, we Obviously, we could have did better. Um, I was proud of the, the effort that, that we put up right. uh, against one of the top offices in the, uh, in the nation. Uh, we knew it was going to be a four-quarter battle, but I'm just proud of how we, how, we, how we hung in there. You know, they drove it on us a lot, and, right. and we held our own in the red zone a couple times to give our offense a chance to score the ball. Man, you know, after, after last year, I mean, how encouraging is that for you guys in the red zone whenever you were able to hold them to you know, four field goal attempts and they only hit two of them? Uh, it, it gave us a lot of confidence going out there the next time. Um, we knew that we had to get a stop, especially getting that uh, that punt block. Right, right, right. And um, we we knew if had they got a touchdown right there, it'd be critical. So we we suck it up and we went out there and we fought. For for, for you, man, you know you guys are are four games into the year. How, how do you feel like you you've played so far and just how different things are for you this year as a sophomore, man? Uh, I think I played a lot better than these first four games than I did my first four games last year. Yeah, um, I'm seeing things a lot better than. As far as how I saw them last year, everything is a little bit slower now. And um, and then playing with the defensive line this year has really helped me out a lot. They keep those offensive line me, off of me, allowing me to make more tackles. Yeah, specifically, what's it been like with Broderick and Mike and how well both those guys seem to be playing up front and, uh, you know, getting not only, you know, kind of controlling the line of scrimmage for you guys sometimes, but like you said, also keeping off some blocks for you guys? Uh, they've been great. They've been great. They've been the key to success in that front seven. Yeah. Um, taking up those offensive linemen, double teams, and, and, and they play well together. They complement each other a lot. And, and their energy, and uh, it being um, Mike's last year, no doubt, I think yeah. he's, he, I've been thinking he's been playing awesome. And um, just hope he keep it up for the rest of the season. How is it exciting is it, you know, to see a guy like him that, you know, last year he's just kind of reserved and figuring things out to see him, you know, this year really seem to really take a big role where he's having so much success? It's been awesome. Um, Last year, he was, you know, it was a little bit inconsistent. It's yeah. Far, it pretty much everybody was inconsistent right. on defense. But uh, to see that jump that he made from the spring and um, and, and in fall camp into now, it's, it's been a, a good to see. Whenever you play somebody like Oklahoma State, where there's always a threat of them play action, you know, over the top deep, is the hard thing always trying to find a happy medium between biting all the time on the run and play action? Just kind of is that the hard thing with them? Uh. Yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah, because they can beat you deep, and they, right, right. they're known for explosive plays. I don't think they had too many explosive plays in they the didn't. game. No, they didn't. Yeah. They, they, they just did their job pretty good, and, and as far as driving it down the field, but it, it gets hard because you don't know what they're going to do. No, they're yeah. going to run the ball because they're good at running the ball, and they're really good at throwing the ball. So I hear you. It was, it, it's pretty hard to tell. Um, it also probably makes things a little easier for you playing next to Dakota and <laughs> having him out there, man, especially, I think, in pass coverage for you guys and to help you in, in run support, too. Yeah, uh, to, Dakota's been tremendous. He's fun to play with. Um, he knows what he's doing and uh, his experience. He's played here uh, about two years ago. And, right, right. So he knows the defense and, um, and his athletic ability and his ability to make plays and tackle has been outstanding. So it's just fun to play with him. You know, like I said, you guys are through four games, so you're a third of the way through the, the regular season. What uh, what have been the things that you, you've been happy with, things you want to – you guys have really tried to focus on, just kind of how's everything been overall, do you think? I've been happy with our overall defense. Uh, from, from, from where we were last year at this time to where we are now, we're not great, but we're much improved. Uh, and the thing that I've been happy with is us getting off the field at times with critical third downs. And um, I, I could just hope. I just hope that we continue to do that. Uh, 
going on further down the road? It, it seems like from a farm man, and you may, I, I don't know what you think of this, but it seems like a lot of you guys all the time just kind of play pissed off all the time. Is mm-hmm. that kind of what it is for you guys this year, just kind of trying to prove everybody wrong? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That, that brings the fuel to the fire because it's, it's hard to ignore things that's being said on Twitter. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, about every week somebody <laughs> says that it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. Or the Texas Tech defense can't do this, can't do that. So, but I like it at the same time, and, it, and, it, and that brings more motivation for us on the defensive side to go out there and just play hungry the whole time. Uh, what have you looked at Kansas so far? What do you think about those guys and what they're doing different this year? I think they're much improved in the offensive line and their running backs. Yeah. They've, um, they've been running the ball really good this year. Uh, they had a lot of success running the ball against West Virginia. We know they're going to try to run it downhill, so we got to be ready. Uh, uh, front seven. I got you, man. Uh, finally, man, kind of how's, how's the knee feeling? Seems like you were really moving around well last Saturday. Yeah, my knee's good. Um, I, uh, I had a good week of uh, rehab last right. week, right. getting it ready for Saturday. Didn't practice too much. I practiced a little bit, but I, I really stayed off of it a lot and uh, got it ready by game time, and it's feeling pretty good right now. Once again, thanks so much to Jordan for taking a few minutes to uh, talk to me about what he's thought about the defense so far and where things are at with his team. And I think you can tell talking to him that this is a group that uh, of guys that who played here last year anyway are happy with the progress, but they're not satisfied with it. They're not complacent, and I think that's a great thing because I think at this point in the year, after you've played a couple teams tough defensively, it's real easy, I think, to relax a little bit when this team, I don't think, can do that. I don't think you can play lax defense with your personnel. I think they can play well whenever they play with a lot of energy. I think similarly to what, you know, and I think a lot of you guys will get this analogy, what Rod Marinelli kind of does with the Cowboys where you look at the roster defensively and there's not really a ton of guys that just stick out to you as, you know, as as, as guys that are going to be all pros or really even, you know, upper tier at their positions other than maybe Demarcus Lawrence and uh, Sean Lee and, and a couple other guys, but but outside of them, there's just nobody that really jumps out at you right now anyway on this defense. They just play with a ton of energy, and I just think that's what Tech's defense is right now. They take, they get ter- takeaways, and they play with energy, and I think when you do that, you can get a lot done, and I, that's just what I think is going to happen again this Saturday against Kansas. I, I, I just feel like this group really is going to come out with uh, with a lot of energy and ready to roll, which is not going to be easy to do at 11 a.m., in Lawrence, Kansas, just because they it's it's the the most dead atmosphere in in the conference and one of the worst I think as far as Power Five goes, places to play where we always talk about going into hostile environments and all those kind of things. I think the opposite can be just as hard to do when there's no juice being provided. In fact, I'd say going into hostile environments sometimes as far as for you getting up for the game is easier than anything else because I think when you go into a hostile environment that fuels a lot of guys and, and, and really gets them rolling. When you roll into Lawrence, Kansas at 11 a.m. and there's a couple thousand people in the stands, you've got to create your own energy and, and you've just got to figure out a way to get it going. So I, I think that they've, yeah, at least throughout this week, done a good job of trying to do that based off what I've kind of heard. So um, I, I think you'll get a good, as far as their intentions go, I think you'll get good energy from the start of the game. The biggest thing to me still is, the biggest two questions for this football team is, is your offense going to be able to get out to a hot start, and are you going to figure out some way to run the ball? Because against Oklahoma State, it just became very apparent to me that against good 
interior defensive lineman, you are going to have a hard time running it this year inside specifically. Now, I do think there were times in that Oklahoma State game where uh, Coach Kingsbury, Coach Morris, the rest of the staff found some good things to do off the edge in the run game with some uh, read option stuff, with some sweep stuff, uh, some outside zone plays. I thought you had you, you got some, some stuff done in that, and it makes sense to me because this is a pretty athletic offensive line. I think whenever you think about guys like uh, Terrence Steele, Madison Akamanu, and uh, Jack Anderson specifically are all guys that played in, in pretty high-powered run offenses where in high school where they were running it downhill and they were pulling a lot, getting out into space. And I think that really benefits that group naturally to do more of that. Now, you can't just run that all the time. You have to mix in some inside zone and some inside side runs too to kind of keep defenses at bay. But I think the, 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 the scale really needs to tip more in the favor of trying to run it outside because I think your offensive line and your backs are going to be better at that, running stretch plays and just all sorts of plays where you can kind of have one cut and try to go because that's, to me, what Justin Stockton and Trey King are. As long as they'll be patient, they're one cut and go backs, and that's what you really need as guys right now that can either – uh, get you a couple yards because they find a crease, or but with their speed, they just kind of outrun everybody for four or five yards and knife it up because you don't necessarily need a bunch of big explosive plays in the run game. Although you'll welcome them, welcome them, you just really need to find some way to be able to string your drives together on offense by having the run complement the pass. You'd love for it to be 50-50, and I think Coach Kingsbury and the staff would love would honestly love for it to be 50-50. I just don't think you are anywhere near capable of that as far as success goes on offense right now until you figure out something with this offensive line and, and how you're going to go about things. I think some of that may be, too, that they cut back on run concepts and you cut it down to three or four different run plays and just say, hey, we're going to focus on this and, and not worry about anything else because we've just got to get positive yardage in the run game. So we'll see what they figure out against Kansas this weekend. I do think it'll be a better opportunity for them to try to run the ball. Daniel Wise's defensive tackle is really good for Kansas. I think it'll be tough still to run on him in the interior. Dorrance Armstrong still obviously there, Big 12 defensive player of the year uh, on the outside, but that defensive line hasn't been as good as I or really anybody else thought it was going to be, and I think that was a big part of why I thought Kansas was going to have a big year is on top of the improve, improvement on offense, I really thought their defensive line would be a major factor in, in putting them not into a bowl team, but I thought a team that could win four or five games, and I thought a game that Tech was going to have some trouble in initially out of the gates. But I think with how well Tech's playing defensively, it changes my perspective a little bit on that. And I, I just feel like watching this Kansas team play, I think specifically against West Virginia, the thing that, that I really noticed is if West Virginia didn't give up big plays and force them into long drives, and I think a lot of coaches would tell you this about most college football teams, if you can force a team into long drives, chances are they're going to make some kind of mistake that you can try to capitalize on at some point in that drive. You know, Once you get to 9, 10, 12 plays in a drive, it is just hard to string together that much perfect football for an offense. For a defense, too, but I, I just think offensively specifically, especially against Kansas, who I just have seen make a bunch of mistakes on long drives, whether that be penalties, sacks, turnovers, negative plays, whatever have you, I've, I've just seen them have problems really stringing together drives once you get to that 7, 8, 9 play marker, it seems like. So I think this Tech defense is going to have some chances this weekend to – 
get some you know turnovers, make some big plays, and and really get some stuff done. But don't don't get me wrong, you've still got some playmakers on this Kansas offense. I think that you know specifically with uh, Steven Sims, who seems like he's been around forever, is playing outside receiver from them now, and and they'll run move him around a bunch. Uh, Herbert, the running back, I think has has, has looked good so far this year, but. Um, I think that you can get Bender to throw you the football, not because he's throwing it directly at guys, but I think he's a little bit inaccurate at times and, and will uh, miss some throws. So to me, I think the defense, again, can have a, can have a good week. Uh, it really just comes down to does the offense figure out any way to run the ball or can you just start figure out how to string together passes through the air, which you might be able to against Kansas because from what I've seen as far as their pass defense goes, it has not been real good this year. So. I, I all the other thing I guess that we want to talk about is Kiki QT being on the shelf possibly, and my understanding is he hasn't practiced much at all this week, but I don't think that means he's not going to play this weekend. I think that's still probably in the cards. Jordan Brooks didn't practice hardly at all last week before the Oklahoma State game, still played in that game, and I think at times played pretty well. He missed some. I think he missed some stuff just because he didn't practice, but thought he still played well enough for you to win that football game. So to me, with QT and it's an it's a knee deal. Um, are you as dynamic without him? Absolutely not, and, and, and nobody would be. It's the same thing as with Oklahoma State. If you took James Washington off the field, you still got Marcel Leitman and still got Jalen McCleskey and a couple other guys who are going to make plays. But you just don't have the same threat whenever that one guy's off the field. I think it's the same for Tech with QT. I uh, still think that Dylan Cantrell's more than capable. Cam Batson's capable. Uh, Derek Willies is capable if he'll kind of get it together and thought he had a much better second half against uh, Oklahoma State than he had a first half. But um, this still, Tech still has plenty of playmakers, receiver, running back, to, to, to move the ball against Kansas. So I think the Red Raiders get a win this weekend. think it will be maybe closer than, than I kind of thought it would be initially uh, as far as a couple weeks ago. But I still think this is one the Red Raiders kind of get out to arm's length at some point, whether that be early on they get it get it going or in the second half like last year, like the game was. I, I just think this Tech team is going to be too good for this Kansas defense. So I think we're looking at something like 45-27, uh, 42-31, something like that. Uh, if the Tech offense can really get it going, you may see 55-24, something like that. But... I think it'll be a little bit closer than most are expecting, but I, but I think this Tech team comes out motivated and gets a win this weekend. So looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing what we see, and uh, hopefully the Redditors come out of this at 4-1. and one. So once again, guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the Victory Bells Podcast, and hope you guys have a fantastic weekend.